Turn your Bibles again to the book of Isaiah in chapter 40. I want to read one additional verse to add to the scripture reading that has already been done where he says in verse number 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. This is building the king's highway. But the purpose of the highway is not just for a highway. Verse 5. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. I pray, Lord, that you would empower it with the presence and power of your Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, I yield the best way I know how in my mind, my strength, my, uh, my body. Lord, I want, to, I want to be a vessel used in your hands. I pray, Lord, that your will would be accomplished in our church and in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Take your Bibles and go with me, if you will, to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. The Bible says, as we have read in Isaiah chapter 40, it says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. It's interesting that in the Gospel of Matthew, in the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, and also in the Gospel of John, we have a reference to this same passage of Scripture given by Isaiah the prophet, John says it like this. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. This prophecy was given in reference to the children of Israel in regards to their captivity. But it had an even greater meaning than that because it is a part of the prophets and the prophecy. It had also a reference of an event that would take place and happened in the days of John the Baptist. It was given in the book of Isaiah but repeated in every gospel, in all four gospels. And we know that John the Baptist was the actual forerunner of the Lord Jesus and his most well-known statement uh, given of John the Baptist was, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. John was a forerunner of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's go back in history and understand where this phrase came from. We understand that the writers penned the words as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But this here is a reference to the building of the king's highways in the past. For you see the phrase, make straight in the desert a highway for our God, is a reference to the work of the kings of the ancient east. There was in the Middle East a highway referred to as the King's Highway. 
Now, to build a highway from a town to another town and through the desert uh, uh, meant that they were to make uh, uh, low places uh, filled or the valleys filled and the mountains and the hills uh, were to be taken down. And any time that news came that a king was building a highway close to where you lived, that was good news. Now think about it, if you will. Uh, the highway would become a trade route. That was the purpose of the highway being built. And that meant goods from a particular country or a particular city or town would be transported from one city to another. And that was made possible by the king's trade route or the king's highway. One city would have a, a particular uh, foods uh, such as grain and they wanted to transport that to other cities and towns uh, for the purpose not only of them having grain uh, but for them to trade that grain for a good that perhaps they did not have in their town, hence referred to as a trade route. Uh, one city would have grains, one town or country would have medicines, uh, others would have wool or silk or gold or silver. The long and short of the king's highway was it was good news because we're going to get something that we need and we'll trade it for something that we have and we will make our lives better. Now what would happen? A herald would come and he would make his way through the wilderness and from town to town and he would announce the king wants to build a highway here. Now it's important that we have folks to help us because we have a lot of work to do for you see uh, the hills they have to be brought down and the mountains and we have to make a, 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 a highway, a road that is level uh, for the carriages, uh, for uh, the camels, for the horses to be able to uh, travel on and bring goods from one country uh, to another trading them for other goods. So if a herald came uh, to your town saying the king wants to build a highway here. Uh, that was great news. And that's what Isaiah was talking about as he was referencing the children of Israel uh, coming out of captivity. And it was a prophecy that Jesus uh, would come as the king of the world. And John would be the herald that would come and say, hey, Jesus is coming prepare the way. Uh, the king is coming. Uh, let's get ready for the coming of the king. Not just the person of the king, but what the king would bring. Now growing up in Appalachia, I understand this a bit, not being in the city all my life and uh, with all of the roads and highways and all that we have, uh, we didn't have many roads in the mountains uh, uh, when I grew up. In fact, uh, we didn't have a lot of uh, blacktop roads and I remember a lot of the roads that were just county or country roads, they became blacktop as I was going through high school and at that age. And any time a road was improved, it was a blessing because sometimes bigger businesses and other jobs and other opportunities would come. And I want you to think about this, if you will, this illustration that Isaiah is using and later John the Baptist would use. Think about a family who had a sickness in their family. 
and a herald comes and says, the king wants to build a highway here and there is medicine available in our country that could be a help to your town or to your towns. Can you imagine the good news? Hey, the king is coming from the east and is bringing medicine. That's going to help our family or perhaps it would help a sick, a sick child or teenager. Can you imagine the excitement that they would have another herald comes and says uh, from our country we want to bring wool and we want to bring silk uh, to your city all oh, the excitement and the talk around town hey we're going to get silk and wool we're going to be able to make beautiful garments and we're going to enjoy uh, this isn't it exciting that the king is building a highway to our city and to our town uh, what a good news uh, what good news it was when a herald would come from a distant city and declare that their king desired to come and he needed to build a highway. Think of all of those things and the joy and the excitement uh, that would happen. When you come to the Gospels, you find that illustration that was a part of Isaiah's prophecy became a reality in the days of John the Baptist. For John the Baptist came as a herald saying, hey folks, guess what? King's coming. The king is coming. And he has some things we've never had before. He has some things that's going to bring joy and gladness and peace and even deliverance. And John declared as a herald, the king desires to come. Prepare a highway. Make the high places low and let's straighten out the crooked places and let's take the rough places so that the king can come and bring his goods. I stand before you today as a herald of the king to tell you that the king, the Lord Jesus Christ, desires to bring the eternal goods of heaven to you and to us in our lives. Now, sometimes we get so blessed in our nation and we get so blessed in our lives, we don't realize what a blessing it is when the king comes and brings to us the spiritual goods that we need. But can I tell you something? Joy is something that you can't buy. And peace is something that you can't order. And can I tell you something? Happiness and the joy of the Lord, you can't get it anywhere except from the king of glory. Uh, you're in the book of John. Let me show you some of the promises uh, that he gave. Uh, go to John chapter 10. Hey, folks, it's good news. It's a good day. Uh, you and I get to be a herald of the king, and he is coming uh, to bring uh, life. Notice what he says in uh, John chapter 10 and verse number 10. The thief, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Notice what the Bible says. I, talking about the Lord Jesus, am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now he's not talking about being alive physically as you and I uh, are today. It's not what he's talking about. They're already alive physically. What's he talking about? He's talking about the new life in Christ. 
What a sad thing it is to be alive physically and yet have within us because of sin the sentence of death. For you see, the wages of sin is death. How sad it is to live not knowing how long that we may live physically, knowing that within us is the sentence of death. And when we die, we will not just go away. We'll just not exist anymore. But we would die for all eternity according to the book of Revelation and chapter 20. Oh, but wait a minute. The king has come and he said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And so in August 1964, I was born. I became alive physically. But in 1970, I received life that was not temporary life. That was not just a wonder of how long I would live. I received eternal life and I received it because you know what? The preacher prepared a highway. He worked that the church would be built. He worked that the gospel would go out. He worked that gospel tracts would be given so the king would do his work and thank God for the day that I trusted him as Savior. Now, you're here today, you're alive physically, but do you have the life of Christ within you? We saw in the cantata this morning, and what a tremendous illustration of what I'm saying, of someone who knew about life, who knew about God, who knew about the gospel, but had never personally received Christ as the payment and the atonement for their sin and realized that they needed more than religion or a knowledge about God. The king has come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. I take your Bibles and go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Oh, can you imagine as the daily and mundane task of life were going on in town after town and the folks were working to raise their crops or raise food to live or raise the animals to live and life was nothing about any more than just existence. But all of a sudden, someone comes to town they'd never seen before. And they said, who are you? And he said, I'm a herald. I'm a herald for the king over in this other country. And the king desires to build a highway uh, coming all the way through the desert and to your town and the next town. Why would he want to do that? Because the king has medicine that others need and the king has wool and the king has grain and the king has things that will make your life more than just existing. It will give you life that you will enjoy. Can you imagine as they began to spread the word around town and said, uh, the herald came today and the, he said the king wants to build a highway. I can imagine as some folks said, well, I'm going to help build that highway because I want the king to come. You, you tell him I'll help move the rock. You tell him I'll help to dig. You tell him I'll help to work. I'll help to serve because I want the goods that the king has. And may I say there's no greater life to live than to live your life so that the king of glory may bring the goods of eternity of heaven to mankind on earth and help them to know that we have life in him. John chapter 17, notice verse number 13. By the way, the whole chapter, uh, Jesus here is praying for us. Now imagine that. It's a blessing when others pray for us. 
I appreciate when folks say to me, Pastor, I've been praying for you this week or prayed for you this morning. That means something to me. But in this chapter, Jesus is praying for us. Notice what he says in verse 13. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. You know what he's saying? Not only does he want me to have joy in my relationship with God, he wants me to have his joy. Now, the joy of the Lord was an amazing thing. You studied the joy of the Lord. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus, the joy of the Lord. The Bible said, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured uh, the, uh, the cross. Though uh, He despised the shame. He went through that. Why? For the joy of the Lord. And Jesus said, Father, I want them to have my joy. Let me ask you a question. Do you have life? That is eternal. And when you think about this life physically ending, do the thoughts end in sadness, sorrow, and discouragement? Or can you say as the Apostle Paul, I have eternal life. I'm not going to die. I'm going to depart. I'm not going to quit living. I'm just going to stop living here and I'm going to start living over there. You cannot defeat one who knows they have life and have eternal life. I ask you the question this morning. Do you have the joy of the Lord in your life? Have the joy of the Lord in your home? Do you have the joy of the Lord in your marriage? He wants us to. That's what Jesus prayed for. That's why John, he was born for the purpose to be the forerunner of Christ, to be the herald. You know where John preached? You know where John preached? In the wilderness. You know why? He said, we need a king's highway through here. Do you remember the day when Jesus came? The crowd was around him and Zacchaeus, he had heard of Jesus. Zacchaeus was a dishonest tax collector. Zacchaeus was a fellow who, collect, who collected not only taxes for the government, he kept a lot for himself. But he heard about Jesus. You see, folks, Jesus has things in addition to eternal life that you can't get in the world. You see, it didn't matter how much money Zacchaeus had, he was curious about Jesus. You know why? The king has some things we don't have. Now, Zacchaeus was small of stature. And he couldn't see Jesus well because of the crowd. So he ran ahead of the crowd and he climbed up in a sycamore tree and he was waiting for Jesus to come through. He just wanted to see him. And as the crowd walked through, you imagine the anticipation, the excitement of Zacchaeus as they got closer and closer and he's going to get a good look at Jesus just as he walks by, just to see him. Oh, we've seen pictures of that today. Folks will line up to see a king or to see a president or someone that's popular. They'll line up just to wave at them, just to get a glimpse of them. That's what Zacchaeus did. Boy, was he surprised. When Jesus got under that tree, he stopped. And he looked up. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house today. 
Aren't you glad for the day that Jesus said, I want to come to your house? Aren't you glad for the day that they said the king's coming and he's making a highway right through here and he made his highway right through your living room or right uh, through the place where you work uh, or you came to vacation Bible school or church or a tent revival and the king spoke to you and he said, I want to go to your house today. Hey, John the Baptist was a herald for the king. To the unsaved, I say to you this morning, the king wants to come to your life today. He not only wants to give you eternal life in heaven and throughout eternity, he wants you to have the joys of heaven and all that, the, all that a, a personal relationship with Christ will bring here on this earth. Hey, we have a lot of sorrow here on this earth, but I'm glad I never had a sorrow that the Holy Spirit wasn't with me. I'm glad I never had a sickness that his present wasn't, presence wasn't there. I'm glad I never had a discouragement what God wasn't there to help me. I'm glad I never had a weakness that his strength did not make perfect in him. I'm telling you it's a joy to be a child of God and it's a joy to help go ahead of the king and say, hey, the king's coming this way. It is the work of God's people. It is the work of the local church to herald the king and help prepare the highway for the king to be, as, to be introduced to as many people as possible. There's the mountains that represent obstacles. There's the valleys that represent difficulties or distances as the obstacles are removed for the king to come. Folks in the church, we can't hide the gospel under a bushel. We're supposed to let our light shine. Like a city on a hill for those around in darkness can look and say, look at the light on that hill and to realize it's not the artificial light of man that would come and go but it's the light it is the life of christ that is the work of the local church that's my work i look around the building there those of you here today that i had the privilege at some point in time to sit down either at your place of work or in your home some even here in a church service and take you through the word of God and help you to understand the king has something special for you. We realize that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are sinners. It's not a matter that the best among us get to go to heaven and the rest don't get to go. That's not what it's about. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is not just dying physically, but eternal death. Revelation chapter 20, to be cast into uh, everlasting darkness, to be cast into the lake of fire. Uh, that, that's the penalty for sin. Oh, but what a joy it is to be able to say to someone, but Jesus died in your place, so you don't have to die. He died for you. He had no sin. That's why he came. He left heaven. He left the wealth and the riches of heaven. All I did was help to make a little Romans road. So we went through the book of Romans to realize not only is there sin and wages of sin, Jesus died for you. All you have to do is receive him and he'll do all the work. He'll save you. 
It's been my pleasure with many of you to go through that plan of salvation and see you and hear you come to faith in Christ and to see God change your life. Isn't it true that he gives us life abundant? Isn't it true that even in our sorrow and sadness there is a joy and there is a gladness knowing that all sorrow here is just temporary. All sadness here is just for a little while and one day the trumpet of God is going to sound and we'll be in heaven for all eternity. He'll wipe the tears from our eyes. A woman had gone to the well in the middle of town She'd lived a sinful life. She'd lived a life of immorality. Her testimony was known. But Jesus, he said, I, I need to go through Samaria. Boy, it's so exciting to me that no, the king said, I need to come by your town. I need to come by your house. I need to come by your well. Jesus said to that woman, she had gone to the well to draw water from the well. Jesus said, I can give you water where you'd never thirst again. Now physically she's thinking, well, that'd be good to save me a lot of work. Because I have to come out here and draw water from the well every day, sometimes several times a day. But Jesus wasn't talking about the physical water that was in the well. He was talking about a well of water that would spring up within from the presence of the Holy Spirit. He began to go through her life and she went back to town. She said, I met a man that told me all things. Now the Bible doesn't record all things. I don't know if she was excited, exaggerating, or the whole story's not in the Bible. She said, he told me all things and he became her personal savior for you see the king passed by her way. I think of blind Bartimaeus. He was separated from Jesus because he could not see. Blind Bartimaeus he sat by the wayside every day. That's the way his life would be from where he was from the time of blindness to the time of death. His only, only thing in life that would ever happen was to take some kind of a cup or a bucket or something where folks maybe would feel sorry for him and put some money in his can or give him food to eat. Hey, but they built a highway through there for the king to come. And Bartimaeus, in his blindness, he said, what's all the stir? What's going on? They said, well, the king has come. Jesus has come. He began to call for Christ. Jesus came and did for him what no doctor could do, what no, uh, what no wealth could do, what no one could do. He made his blinded eyes to see. That's a picture of exactly what happened to me and exactly what happened to you. For the king passed that way, the king's highway. I think of the ten lepers. I started to say leapers. My wife asked me, true story, my wife asked me one day, she said, what are you preaching on today? She don't ask me that often. But she asked me, what are you preaching on today? I said, the ten leapers. She said, you mean the ten lepers? I said, that's before they met Jesus. After they met him, they were leapers. I learned in school how to get the answer right. You got a reason it, you see. Those 10 lepers were separated by the sickness and disease. But the king's highway came that way. The king came by that way and he made them whole. 
I think of the crippled man of Capernaum. He could not get to Jesus. He was not physically able, and were he physically able, he couldn't get into Jesus because of the crowd that was around the house. The Bible said that there were four men that they not only carried him when they got there and they, 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 they got to the house and it was surrounded by so many people that they couldn't get to Jesus. They went up on top of the house and they opened the roof and they let the man down where Jesus was. It's interesting, Jesus said when he saw their faith, talking about the four, he said to the one man, the sick of the palsy, thy, sin, uh, uh, thy, thy faith hath made thee whole. You know what the four were doing? They just building the highway. <laughs> that brought the king and the cripple together, and he went away whole. John the Baptist, the New Testament forerunner of Christ, he came simply to say, prepare ye the way. Jesus is coming. That's why we give out several thousand gospel tracts every single week. Just to say, hey, the king... It's coming by this way. There's some things that he wants you to have. That's why we run 26 buses every Sunday, picking up boys and girls and teenagers, preparing a highway for the king to come and do his work among the people. That's why we preach on radio and television and all the work that we've done. In fact, the cantata, though it was enjoyable, and very much so, it's not the purpose. The purpose was once again to say, the king has come. That you might have life and have it more abundantly. The king has come that you may have a peace and a peace that passes all understanding. That you might have a joy and not just the joy of man, but the joy of the Lord Jesus. If you're here today and you don't have that joy and that peace, the king wants you to have it. Can you imagine the first time? That family who had had sickness in the home, when that, when that medicine was delivered because of the king, can you imagine the change that was made? Can you imagine those girls when they came out wearing those dresses of the, of the silk and, 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 and the beautiful material that was made possible because of the king? Can you imagine the joy and gladness? Hey, mama, look at this. Hey, look at this. Where'd you get that? The king brought it. Dad says, let me show you something. Wow, Dad, what is it? This is not gold. This is the color of gold. That's not gold. Dad, where'd you get that? You've never had riches like that before. Where'd you get it? The king came this way. You've never had riches until you've had the wealth of the king of kings and lord of lords. Stand with me today. I'm glad that God called me some years ago to work on the King's Highway to help bring the King and the needy. I'm glad that those before me prepared a way that I could come to Christ. I'm thankful for the preacher that preached on that Sunday morning, Brother Clyde Jones, Jr., West 2nd Street, Xenia, Ohio. And he told me that the King loved me, too. And I trusted him as Savior. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Do you have the joy? Do you have the peace? Do you have the presence of the Lord Jesus? You say, well, how do you get it? Isaiah 
later said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye. Buy milk without money, bread without price. What do you have to do, John, to get Jesus to give you this eternal life? Believe.